Hello and welcome to Spotlight On, which is a joint podcast between uh, The Hub and DMN. It runs on both of our sites and it's an evolution of a podcast that uh, Keith O'Brien here and Kim Davis have done for some time, um, but you may see it under new branding uh, and a slight tweak to the format that in the past we sort of would talk about the news of the week, which would be three or four subjects, but um, we're really going to hone in on one subject and, and discuss it um, with a little more depth. So, uh, how's it going, Kim? Uh, good, good. Uh, and we're focused like a laser beam this week on um, the thing that everyone's been talking about, the LinkedIn purchase by Microsoft. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in fact, I yesterday I, I was at Sales Machine, which is a... Uh, a joint sales force and sales hacker uh, convention over on the west side in New York, and uh, everybody was talking about this purchase. In fact, LinkedIn had a, a booth there and quite a number of representatives, and everyone was having a lot of fun by referring uh, to LinkedIn as Microsoft. And <laughs> the LinkedIn people were keeping like frozen smiles on their faces. I <laughs> think so, quite quite a surprise to a lot of uh, LinkedIn staff, but. Um, Clearly, CEO Jeff Weiner has been thinking about this for a while, and um, he set out some thoughts at length in an open letter. So what was your takeaway? So we, we will link to a, a story that Kim and I both contributed on, um, a sort of uh, you know 90 seconds removed. Um, here's, here's our thoughts on the thing. So what did you take away from... Yeah, yeah, we 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 did a quick take on on Monday morning, and uh, I think one of our immediate reactions was the uh, valuable combination of CRM and social. You have Microsoft Dynamics CRM, and you obviously have LinkedIn's vast treasure trove of uh, social data of great interest to B two B marketers. And I think we we're right about that. But I was interested, um, Jeff Weiner goes a little broader and a little deeper, as you'd hope he, he would, and he talks about using LinkedIn to power the social and identity layers of Microsoft's ecosystem of over 1 billion customers. Uh, think about LinkedIn's graph interwoven throughout Outlook, Calendar, Active Directory, Office, Windows, Skype, Dynamics, as we said, Cortana, Bing, and all the rest of them. So that's surely quite an attractive prospect for uh, for Microsoft and for B2B marketers, um, taking all that data about right. professionals, real identity data, and being able to link it to, you know, the whole bunch of Microsoft services. Right. I think the thing that I first took away is no one has really nailed contacts. So by contacts, I mean, you write an email to someone that you haven't seen in a while, and it's the, you know, if it's a business or you haven't communicated with, if it's a business contact, it's in most likely going to be a business email. They've moved on. You're getting a bounce back. If you're lucky enough to ca catch them um, immediately after they moved on, there may still be a, um, a forwarding address or something like that. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of, third-party players that have tried to enable that experience, but, you know, some of them are spammy. You have to, like, you have to send um, a 
note to someone, I want to update my contact, or, um, or they relied on LinkedIn API to sort of power that data. Now, it's, uh, the fact remains that even LinkedIn, people's information on it is quite old. Uh, so it's not necessarily even a problem they solve because ultimately it requires the the individual to, to keep their profile updated. But I thought about how valuable this would be for Outlook there, or if they launched a new email property that guaranteed, based off of the fact that it seems like a majority of the working worlds on LinkedIn, um, they guaranteed that your contacts would be smart, that they would update when someone updated uh, LinkedIn. It becomes interesting if they try and make that a standalone service and therefore cut down API to competitors. That's the other thing yeah. I thought about. You know, LinkedIn has had somewhat of a um, an open ecosystem that they sporadically seem to shut down, but, you know, does Microsoft view the LinkedIn data as proprietary and cut off a lot of services that have been using it. And that's what, that's one thing I've seen debated by analysts this week and there are, there are two perspectives perspectives on this. I've seen some people saying that one thing you should look out for is Microsoft opening up the LinkedIn APIs to competitors because there's a lot of value to be realized there. Uh, but one of those competitors is obviously Salesforce. Right. And the other perspective, of course, is that the LinkedIn acquisition helps Microsoft to compete with Salesforce. Right. Um, I took a quick look at market share, uh, CRM. Salesforce currently has about 25% of the market. Microsoft around 8%. So Microsoft Dynamics, that is, has been lagging behind Salesforce considerably. And I think it's been hard to see how it would catch up without doing something dramatic like this. But of course, if you share the data with Salesforce, what does that get you? So, on your first point about Microsoft potentially opening it up the LinkedIn platform, my question would be, why didn't LinkedIn do that? Did they not have the resources? Were they trying to protect, you know, were they, they needed to, I don't know. So obviously LinkedIn has job. The big, the macro thing here is LinkedIn, my opinion, and I don't think it's a, a audacious one, has atrophied. You know, you're on there. Um, I many many moons ago um, cut off all notifica email notifications to anything that happens. Every once in two months, I will go there see 50 invites from people that I don't know. So they, you know, the, I think the takeaway is any set of fresh eyes will help LinkedIn rediscover its spirit. Uh, I know that. You know, there's a lot of clippy jokes and, and Microsoft gets a bum rap or gets a rap that, you know, they meddle in a bad way with products. But clearly LinkedIn needs um, some assistance. And I just wonder, you know, if Microsoft is going to be the catalyst to open it, the platform up to competitors, why didn't LinkedIn ever? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. I and mean, some people have been saying, just following up on your point, that perhaps if Microsoft had waited another year, LinkedIn would have been cheaper because, as you as you say, it's not like its value was was booming. Right. But um, well, maybe LinkedIn played the smart sales game, and you know, it's it's a it's a good um, you know, it's a 
it's a good acquisition for them because I don't I don't know any public platform out there in my mind that has as much business data, which is obviously, you know, Facebook has turned itself into a God knows how many billion dollar company on sort of consumer data. You would think the business data is as valuable, if not more. Uh, so, you know, maybe it's, it's that Microsoft could have waited, but they weren't willing to take the risk. It's kind of like, um, I think we've talked in the past that you're not a sports person, but there's a sports metaphor that, um, you know, in professional league drafts, sometimes teams draft a player that is not as valuable as where they need to draft them um, because they're afraid they won't be able to get them. They're so smitten with the player. And so maybe Microsoft was smitten with what they felt they could do with LinkedIn. Yeah, and perhaps they couldn't look afford to wait for it. So it really is, what strikes me, it's really the only, uh, the only vendors, the only platform in that category. Because another thing analysts have been talking about, they've been talking about, oh, is this another bubble? Who's going to be bought next? Does this put Twitter into play? Does this put uh, Go, um, Groupon into play? And you think, why? Because Facebook's not about to be purchased by anyone right so twitter who could purchase facebook well, exactly governments exactly the u.s government so you you've got linkedin sitting there this this uh, prime treasure trove of business data twitter yeah twitter's got a lot of users um but in terms of real identities and actually and actionable data about the users it, it can't be anything like as valuable as LinkedIn on that basis. So what else is out there? Right. So what I read, and apologies to whoever made this comment, although I'm sure they weren't the only one for not citing you, is that um, the theory that Twitter is less likely to be bought now because Microsoft was probably the biggest suitor. Google, or, or the most likely suitor, Google, and maybe they're just playing hardball, has has very openly sort of expressed that they're not interested, to my knowledge. So, it you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know why I'm coming out of left field with all these metaphors, but, you know, LinkedIn is the, if, if Microsoft wanted Twitter, and Twitter wasn't ready to sell at the right price. LinkedIn could be the metaphorical bread you eat at a buffet. Suddenly you're full and you can't buy Twitter. Uh, but so so I think you're you've already um, betrayed your prejudices. The question I'm about to ask: If you could buy Twitter or LinkedIn, which 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 would you be egotistical enough to think that you could turn it into a, a fa you know a Facebook sized company? Well, I don't know about Facebook sized, but when you look, Large, at, yeah, you could turn around both of them. Sure. When you look at LinkedIn, you kind of scratch your head and say, why hasn't it been more successful already? Why hasn't it been able to really powerfully monetize and exploit? Uh, the information and data it's sitting on. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think with Twitter, you scratch your head and say, what the heck would you do with all this stuff? Right. I don't know. It just, 
for me, Twitter is so invaluable. It's mm. such a, for me, and this is probably weird and depressing, but it's such a part of, of my life, yeah. like of how I get information, of how I, and, and maybe, you know, it's one of those utilities that never really makes money. Um, but I just, I have a much higher, and this is probably why I'm not a businessman, I have a much higher affinity for Twitter. So I would say Twitter, but maybe LinkedIn is the thing that's closest to. Yeah. I, I just think LinkedIn and, and, you know, we're gawking at it from 10,000 feet, but my impression of LinkedIn is they just kept adding functionality without really thinking about it holistically and it just jammed up. I don't even know what they call the stream of content, what Facebook calls the newsfeed, whatever that is when you go to LinkedIn and you see like, you know, not-for-profit corp uh, added a new job. John Smith shared this link, which is their blog post about something that you're not interested in reading. Like, they never got... Because... That's, I think I made this point somewhere, or I read this point somewhere, so again, the reality of, of, of one's opinion is it's shaped by what you read, so this might be from someone else, I don't know. Um, that, and Facebook had its issue, I guess both of those social networks had the issue that when you first joined by following people, you weren't necessarily signaling, I want their content. It was just, I'm, especially on LinkedIn, yeah. more so than Facebook, like, this is a person who might be able to help me in my job, so I'm going right. to connect with them. And then LinkedIn ran with that and said, okay, we're going to give you everything that they post, which is not really what you were saying. It's more, I'm glad to, link, to connect with this person, so I can write them if I need something or yeah. like, I almost feel they should just be completely transactional and do away with all that content and, or, or put it to the side. But you know, it, like, I feel like the search for contacts hasn't been changed in five. It looks as I remember it when first starting out, there's too much noise in the feed. There's a lot of things to work out and, and maybe, uh, maybe Microsoft is the one to help them figure it out. Yeah, I agree. The, there are people who hang out on LinkedIn, but I, I don't see the appeal of it. And the people I follow on LinkedIn, there'd be a very small overlap with the people I follow on Twitter or Facebook, as you say. It's mainly personal, professional contact contacts. You don't necessarily want to hear what their opinion is on the news of the day every five minutes. But I just wanted to pick up on sales, which didn't happen. You, you talked about Microsoft looking at Twitter, but uh, last year there was some talk about Microsoft acquiring Salesforce, mm -hmm. and that didn't work out. I don't think Salesforce are ready to sell. So maybe this really signals that Microsoft, rather than trying to eat Salesforce for breakfast, is really going to get down to competing actively with it. I think, I think that's good. I'm just, I, I'm reading um, Paul Ford, who has a company called uh, Post light, he's a medium gadfly. He writes, he wrote uh, the um, famous uh, like 80 million word uh, Bloomberg Business Week feature on how to code. 
he's very, uh, which I still have. I'm not sure you read that. <laughs> have you heard of it? I've heard, but I haven't read it. It's like the, uh, the business equivalent of um, the David Foster Wallet, uh, Infinite Jazz. Yeah, right, right. Like you, you, buy, you buy that magazine to put on your coffee table. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's throwing out some more outlandish, to me they're outlandish, but I'm sure they're rooted in, um, in, in some, uh, you know, some data and logic, but um, he doesn't really go so much into um, competing with Salesforce. I think maybe it's, uh, he's focused more on, on the, the intro, like Microsoft could merge LinkedIn with Minecraft. <laughs> They could build a phone. Microsoft could use LinkedIn data in order to inform product strategy. But I mean, the LinkedIn there is a there is a sensible tie-in to CRM, but it's not really what and marketing. It's not really what LinkedIn is. The question is, can Microsoft damage the brand by taking all that? business data that it has and turning it into some sort of use that the original what what would what could Microsoft do to make the LinkedIn users flee? The beauty of LinkedIn is, you know, you don't really flee. You you know you maybe enable if you signed up for LinkedIn in the first place, it's gonna it's hard for you to make the case that it's not valuable to be on there. Now you may never visit it, so you may not be a MAU, but you're not gonna delete your account. So what the interesting thing for me when you're talking about Microsoft potentially uh, competing with Salesforce is what could they possibly do to take it towards that Salesforce battle? that could turn people off the platform. Well, I was just looking for the quote. I think it was Nadella who said that whatever they do with the data has got to be done. And this was the word tastefully. So <laughs> Every company is tasteful yeah. about data. They're sensitive to that. But I mean, one example they're talking about is that if you're going to, to a meeting, you could have uh, their uh, robot assistant, Cortana, um, bring up not just a first-party uh, CRM data about people at the meeting, but their LinkedIn data as well, and merge it in there, and you, you've got that all at your fingertips before you actually walk into the room. Right. Is that going to upset people? And on this day and age, surely. Uh, I don't think so. I think I think people want. I just know. <laughs> I have been on this never-ending quest to have smart contacts. I tried every tool out there, and the tools that came the closest doing what I needed them to do, what everyone would want them to do, um, had some sort of connection to the LinkedIn API. So I I mean, I think that's that to me is the interesting dichotomy. I think that's what LinkedIn needs to do to become relevant again, but that might not be a, a revenue generating thing. Like, you know, maybe, maybe Microsoft bought LinkedIn for all the data it has, and that's gonna inform Microsoft product strategy. Yeah. There was a great article done by Gizmodo recently that went through every um, 
every acquisition Yahoo has made under Marissa Meyer, and just the number of, <laughs> it was like, you wondered if, it, if they were just copy and pasting. It was like, Company X, acquired by Yahoo, um, uh, shut down and staff was moved into the mobile team. So, you know, it, it's not, I feel like LinkedIn is too strong a brand to, to, to just absorb that information into the Microsoft board, but it is possible, you know? No, it's, it's not necessarily uh, not necessary to dissolve or dissipate LinkedIn as a brand to to exploit it. Um, just looking at a comment from an analyst here, um, rating this is a very strong purchase. Sees the opportunity to bulk up Microsoft Dynamics with LinkedIn Sales Navigator, integrate with LinkedIn Professional Data. You can do all that without, I think, without tarnishing LinkedIn as a brand. However valuable you think that might be. Yeah. No, I, I think there's obviously a lot of, lot of stuff to do, or a lot of stuff you can do. So, let's 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 wrap up with a, a takeaway, um, or a prediction, <laughs> or some something that yeah. puts a code into it. I'll go first since I brought it up, and I'll give that'll give you time to think about it. Um, I suspect that. Microsoft's reason for purchasing LinkedIn is less about making the product LinkedIn better and more about the data they have on hand. And so I wouldn't be shocked if Microsoft minimized LinkedIn as a brand or shut it down. Um, and that the real value is what that information can inform the whole suite of Microsoft products. I don't think they'd shut it down anytime soon, but really to to support your point, one question about LinkedIn has been how much more it can grow. Can grow. It has about 400 million professional profiles on there. There are only so many profiles in the world. Obviously, there are new ones coming along, right. but it's not going to grow exponentially. Um, I, th I think my, my best prediction is that Yahoo will not buy Twitter. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll say... We should do a, a spotlight on potential Twitter buyers and just yeah. go through go through the Fortune 500. Maybe Dell Foods will buy <laughs> Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's definitely going to be something uh, we will watch, and we will watch significantly uh, more closely if the goal here is to compete with Salesforce because that yeah. would shape up to be a huge battle. Um, so hope you like the new format. If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, this is the only format you know. Um, but we'll try to get a broader schedule. But you know, we understand your or a a more concrete schedule. But we know your time is is limited, so we want to make sure that um, when we do these podcasts, it's because there's an interesting topic and we got a lot to say. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks everyone.